Hey, thanks for coming back. This is a message in a bottle. I'm Nicole Coleman, Heyoka Empath. One of the things to learn about a girl when she's pissed, no overreacting, zero, nada, especially to her silent treatment, mimicking her, not nice, and definitely will get you nowhere where your nuts are concerned because you'll be doing it and you're about to explode and she's like, oh wait, I need to go to the bathroom and takes forever to get out. Smiles. You do know we girls have like elephant type memories, right? It can be weeks or even months. And then all of a sudden you're at an event with important people, your friends and shit, and we'll just do something that totally throws you off guard. Beware, don't overreact. Don't be defensive, which I know is hard. No name calling and especially while we're talking to you, spewing why we're upset, don't be reintroducing and reminding us of a time where we did you wrong, because that's not the issue at hand. And if you couldn't be upfront then and you let it slide, it's not important now. When we talk, blame shifting and putting the spotlight on you will only temporarily get us to cater to your feelings, if we're that gullible and fall for it. And if this happens, this whole ordeal is gonna have to play out again. Like seriously, because it wasn't resolved. Feeling like you actually absorbed our emotions so we could feel lighter. This is really important. We need to release verbally. You know, just like you guys need to release physically. It's the same thing and equally as painful. We need to allow our emotions to drain, to deflate, to completely run out of steam. That's what we need. It's not about saying, Sorry you had a bad day. I'm sure you'll figure it out. Because again, our elephant-type memory thing is going to kick into super high gear. Don't go there. You know how when something's bothering you, dude, and you'll just need to drive fast or bike super fast or box or train really hard, run until it's all out of you? Well, we need to do that too. Only needs to happen first with our words. Sure, we can train and do all that too and alleviate some of the immediate pressure. But since the words are attached to emotion and we feel the weight of them together, training doesn't take it all out completely. It's just less inflamed at that point, but it's still waiting to heal. It needs to be heard. Because as long as it's inside, it's gonna feel heavy. Kind of like you wearing a 25 pound dumbbell around your neck. Doesn't that feel heavy? Like how bad do you wanna take that shit off? We feel all that on the inside with our words because they're all squished together. Like there's no air. It needs to go. It needs to be passed on to you talking. The energy of it needs to travel out. And yeah, it'd be great if we could stand on our head and like open our mouth and have all the words slide down our tongue, but that's not happening. We have to practically spit it out with force just to make sure it all comes out. That's also, by the way, why we don't use commas when we talk. And yeah, listening, yeah, it can totally leave you like dizzy, especially since we go off on all these tangents and you're trying so hard to follow. I heard Benadryl is good for that. Load up. Just so that you get it, when you're just looking at us and we need to talk and you're actually secretly wishing we wouldn't have to do this now because the game starts in like 10 minutes, your heart's not really into it. It's agonizing as fuck. But don't get me wrong, we'll take what we can get because we need to talk. 
but it doesn't really do it for us. Like foreplay when you're drunk, complete waste. And we'll just have to bring it up all over again. Not on purpose, because our insides are like soiled and heavy and they need to be wrung out. You're like, but we talked about this already, but you didn't provide the rinse cycle we require. We need our rinse cycle so we can be light and fluffy again. And you can feel our softness instead of pulling thorns out of your eyes because we're staring at you so intensely, not saying a word. And besides, being there fully is like the most valuable gift you can actually give anybody. It means you're undivided in thought, heart, and spirit. Just think of it as having cosmic sex, a prelude to all the other earthly activities you'll be exploring later, cementing it into human form, like tight. You feel me? That's what we want. We need to feel tight with you in every single way. We need you to experience what we're experiencing emotionally, not intellectually, doesn't filter properly through your brain. You bypass all the pain and we want you to feel our pain. That's the point. It's hard for you guys because even when you hurt us accidentally and especially on purpose, you hate feeling bad. But I'm telling you right now, when we need to talk and you switch the game up, play defense, redirect our focus so you can gain a couple of yards by reintroducing shit that we did to you, it's not going to get you anywhere near the end zone. Forget touchdown. Then again, being a bench warmer does have its good points. I heard it's good for hemorrhoids, other inflamed parts. Keep that in mind when we start to spew and the power you hold by not reacting. Besides, most of us girls, when we're pissed, we're not trying or attempting to degrade or belittle you or speak cruelly of your insecurities and weirdness. We're in hell, like a gazillion words suffocating all our organs. Like we just need to answer the call, cry it out. Cause the pain is stuck inside of us. Unlike a lot of you guys who actually do seek to destroy if you feel betrayed or used or suspect we'll be leaving eventually, listening to other lizard type vibes, AKA low lives, telling you who they think we are, projecting their low self-worth as they advise you that we'll never end up with you because we're just gonna fly. Confusing you about who we are and how we truly feel about you based on their agenda. You not getting ahead in life. When degrading things are said, it's like a shirt worn inside out with the person revealing their own self-loathing, just out of touch with their stench. Hard to smell yourself. So ladies, if your guy's cruel and degrading with his words and action and he's cheated or fucked you up, doing this just temporarily frees him of his pain from the past. And here's how it goes down. We talked briefly about this in part two, but I'm gonna go into a little bit more detail here because it's really tricky to see. Dude, if you hurt your girl carelessly when she's shown you all this loyalty because you think eventually she'll just cheat like the others or you wanna leave her before she leaves you because that's what you think is gonna happen or she's just like too good to be true or she'll leave like your mom left. I'm telling you right now, the road ahead of you is nothing but a long, long fall with an extreme feeling of disconnect from life 
love, and yourself. Here's what triggered you. Once your girl mirrored to you emotionally your own placement of trust and vulnerability because she's completely in love, that reflected back to you the time when you were completely trusting and loved without reservation and was totally taken advantage of or sexually abused, teacher, nanny, mother, neighbor, whatever, you will have to strike her down, kill the trust in order to avoid it breathing new life into your present reality. Because your body's emotions are back there now. In your mind, you have to destroy the vulnerability you see in her since your body's trapped in those energies and knows what comes next. Since the scene of like closeness and a trusting person are all set up in place, you now can switch roles and put a stop to your pain triggered by the person's love and innocence to being the one who's abusive so it doesn't play out. So you don't have to relive all that again. So you don't have to face it. So you can have this projected sense of pseudo strength, like a fake strength, by now being the one who hurts. That's why the abused usually abuses after, in an attempt to stop the scenario, be on top of that teeter-totter ride. You're set to auto-renew when everything fits into place because it's too painful to see the vulnerability in a girl reminding you and reactivating an experience. You have to kill it as a means to stop it from happening again. Only now you've destroyed something completely separate, yet related, mirroring a closeness and nearest to your heart type thing, matching your heart in the past. So you'll inadvertently seek a person who hurts you since the guilt of feeling bad for actually causing the pain to someone you know didn't deserve it and loved will demand payment. So it calls in the same thing. Not all guys or girls are like this. Only those marred in guilt, damaged and broken with missing pieces their mother or father could not fill. To those on the receiving end of this injustice, listen closely to what I'm about to say. Once the aftermath has settled, you will see they never fit into their shoes thrown. They tried. They pretended. That's why it felt shaky and unstable. A lot of work. Why you needed to balance them out, carrying all that extra emotional baggage. Why it felt like something was off. When shoes don't fit, toes get cramped and need space. Numbness starts. Sex with no feeling. Corns and bunions form. Relationship turns ugly. Foot swells. Person blows up. If you have wholeheartedly loved and felt this lost with this kind of person in this kind of scenario, you must now attract the real deal. Not imitation, fake, 18 shades of different personalities, imposters, the real deal. Because your heart gave freely and completely. It could just not be received. The land you poured it into was dead. You gave in spite and giving attracts givers, then why did this happen? Because if you think back to when you met this person, you either just came off a bad relationship, broke it off and or was mistreated like major drama. So opt to hook up with someone you knew, like a friend, fuck buddy, friend with benefits, whatever. Because you wanted to avoid relationships like the plague. Only you fell in comfort, in trust and in love. Or before you met this person, life hit you hard. So in no mood for a relationship, just way too busy surviving. So didn't want a commitment, just someone you felt safe with, who had common goals. 
So you naturally overlooked all the red flags in this relationship because your mind was about safety, not intimacy. But time heals. And after a while, you felt safe and wanted to plan a future with this person. It's kind of like this person slipped through the cracks because normally you wouldn't consider a person like this. They didn't come close to what you want or need. It's like a tornado blew you into their front door, only it was open. You didn't feel the sting at first. Just understand that you have been shown divine favor. Every time they lied, fabricated, and coaxed you into staying, reiterating their love story of you, pretending to be forming a future because you made them look good, because you filled their empty love tanks, which has a hole in it, by the way. This is why they need to keep taking and are incapable of giving love. There's nothing to give, like zero storage. You girl or dude were never looking for a commitment. So you got someone who could never commit. They're nowhere in the vicinity of being able to provide that. They've been damaged in the process, squished, neglected, spoiled, given too much, dried out, self-absorbed, picked at, no confidence, and or decayed on the inside, addicted to drugs, alcohol, porn, video games. Inner demons rule with them. Deep breath. They can't accept love. They don't even know it when it's right in front of them. Heart detector's broken. They can't even tell when it's true. Can't even tell the difference between a precious stone and a marble. It's all the same thing. But that's good. Because although you were true love towards them, they were not true love for you. They were, however, what I call final cleaners. They come in, abuse the fuck out of you, so you can cut the umbilical cord of misplaced loyalty and suffering most likely attached to your ancestors. That's what epigenetics is all about. Trauma bonds inherited and passed on from one generation to another to another. Believe me when I tell you, I've personally felt that and how you truly feel like it's happening to you right now, like it belongs to you, but it doesn't. It's just everything lines up for an instant replay and you get hit with it. Very, very scary while you're there because your emotions are in another time feeling that now and it's real as fuck so when you walk away from this malignant distortion of love you don't just heal you heal generations to come as well as all those that suffered generations ago your ancestors they can now fully rest they feel the release that's why sometimes you have this feeling like you need to live in this certain country or you want to be part of this other culture. You've always been pulled to something particular. That was your home in another time. What a fucking hero you are. Like busting through all this shit. I'm so fucking proud of you. Never confuse what you're feeling that's trying to suck you in with belonging to you right now. If it makes no sense, if there's no reason for it, it's not yours. It's attached like tissue paper. You need to separate it. It's not you. For those listening that have hurt, cheated, faked their way, have been cruel and careless, endangered someone's health, life or sanity, 
expect more of the same to teach you what that feels like. But here's the thing. Once you can truly give your heart without needing anything and someone's careless with it, drops it without you suspecting it, smashes it into a billion pieces, all the poison spills out. And that cycle of being abused, the abuser abused stops to build the purest form of love. You can't build a foundation on breadcrumb energy. You need to have a lot. You need to be filled and you need to give. This is Nicole Coleman leaving you with a message. Strength comes from no choice. That's where it lives. That's how it's born.